This episode is on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I will connect you to a session that has already begun, which is describing a personal experience or encounter that I had with Holy Spirit. So that's my experience of when I first met Holy Spirit. 
And ever since then, I have had him with me as a friend, as a, a, a confidant, as an advocate, as a leader, as whatever I needed. He becomes whatever you are in need of. If you remember that he's there, that's always a difficult thing because we, we live in two worlds. We're in the natural world, but we also are spirit man as a part of the spiritual realm, which is in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Amen. Okay, so today we're going to briefly cover, and I'm saying briefly, a few functions of Holy Spirit. There are many, many functions. I thought since nine is the key number for Holy Spirit, nine gifts, nine fruit of the Spirit, that I would say uh, I'm going to cover nine of them. The first one, I'll read them first and then we'll cover them briefly. The first one is salvation. The second one would be baptism in the Holy Spirit. The third one, the sevenfold ministry of the Holy Spirit. Four, fruit of the Spirit. The fifth one is the gifts of the Spirit. Number six, sanctification and transformation. Number seven, He leads and guides us. Number eight, witness of the Spirit. And number nine, Holy Spirit is our helper, comforter, teacher, and intercessor. Amen. Amen. So salvation. When we come to Christ, we come because Holy Spirit has drawn us to Christ. And so I'm one of those who believes in predestination. I think God does nothing not on purpose. And he pretty much knows who was going to become his child before he created us. We cannot decide to get saved at a certain time in our life at all. The only way that we are saved is when the Holy Spirit draws us. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent him, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. John 6, 44. At that last day. What's that sound like? Maybe the rapture. Holy Spirit convicts us of our sinful nature and our need. He lets us know we have a need for a Savior. Jesus tells the disciple regarding the Holy Spirit in John 16, 8. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. And after a while, you get tired of your stinky, stinky flesh. And the day-to-day -day stuff that you do, they get you nowhere. It just wears you out. And you decide, Lord, please help me. I know you are real. And that's how you know you're one of his chosen ones. He'll come after you. Sometimes he waits for us at that opportune time. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are born again. Dead to the old sin nature, and now we are a brand new creation. Brand new. Never existed before. This is a brand, we are brand new creations. At this point, we receive a measure of the Holy Spirit, which is called an infilling, or the filling of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 uh, says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He just, he, he, he created us brand new. Everything old has been passed away, and now everything has become new. You're brand new. And we are now hidden in him and covered by his blood. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 4. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. You have, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. I love it. I'm going to get those little hints about the rapture. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 says, And all things are of God, who have reconciled. So if you look at verse 17, remember I just read it, we're a new creation. Brand new. Then he says, All things are of God, who have reconciled us to himself by Jesus. 
and they saw it and wrote it in the, in the Bible that the dove came, came down. Those doves really exist over, I thought I'd throw this, but I'm throwing things in if the Holy Spirit tells me. When I was in Israel and I got baptized again in water at the Jordan River, in that area there, they have these towers and the Syrian border is right over there and you can see their soldiers with their guns guarding their border. And then over here is the Jordan River and it's really nasty, dirty, muddy water. Nothing pretty about it. It's the real deal. And there are, there are white doves that fly around. They're, they're, they're there. When you go down in the water, you'll see them flying. They'll come down. It's just amazing. But that, that really happens even now as a symbol of the baptism. So in Matthew uh, chapter 3, verse 11, John the Baptist stated that, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay? Don't forget the fire. What's the fire for? Purging. Helping us with our conversion. Helping us, helping clean us up. Acts 1, verse 4 and 5. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For truly John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And this is Jesus telling the disciples to wait. And then Acts 2, uh, verses 1, one through 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound, like a mighty rushing wind, that's Holy Spirit. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And cloven are divided, it's divided tongues, different types of tongues. As a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the Spirit gives the others for the speaking of, of tongues. It doesn't say that you being baptized that you're going to speak in tongues. Does that make sense? You might speak in tongues then, but you may not until later. And you should be filled and filled and filled and filled again. Always go back and ask for more. Ask for more. Acts 2 and 8. But you will receive power, and this is what happens when the Holy Spirit comes. Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So power comes. And not only powers, you get this uh, real strong desire to witness to other people. Do you guys remember that? Do you remember your born again experience? How about being baptized in the Holy Spirit? Could you tell there was a difference? That you got more bolder in sharing Jesus? Mine happened to be around, it was around the holidays, Christmas time. Um, so it was just before it got cold. But at that, that particular Christmas, Christmas followed a whole brand new meeting for me. Boy. And all I could do was talk about Jesus. Because that's what they were doing was talking about Christmas, but it wasn't it wasn't the spiritual sense of him being a real person. And so I, I witnessed and witnessed and witnessed through that whole holiday season. Even on Christmas Eve, I was in church at Catholic service, laying flat out on my face in worship. And we went home, me and my son and his girlfriend went, went home after that service. Um, and the Lord actually wrote his name. Jesus wrote his name in a cloud in the sky for us. What a miracle. And I don't know how to ask for it. He just shows up. He does everything. What's the word? Verse 3. He said to them, repent and let everyone of you 
those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, because that's what the flesh is. I want this, I want this, I want this, I want that. I gotta have it, it feels good. That's the flesh. It brings in desires. And verse 25, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. If you're walking in the spirit, those fleshy desires will not rule you. When you know they're coming to at you and get under your skin, you know that that's not you anymore. You have to tell them where to go. Right? Amen. Nine visible attributes or traits or characteristics and manifestation of God's work in the born again spirit. That's what the fruit of the spirit is. They're going to be your spirit manifesting these fruit. Not Holy Spirit. Your spirit. Did you know that? Your spirit is the spirit that's supposed to manifest this fruit. They are the very essence of God. You are the very essence of God. Remember, you are holy. God is holy. You are holy. Amen? The fruit of, the, of God's spirit must be cultivated. It's planted like a seed. Nurtured and developed in order for it to grow in our spirits, it has to be developed. It does not happen automatically. You've got to feed it. Just like you take care of a plant. Just like you take care of your baby, your newborn baby, and how much time that baby needs initially. You know, when people say, oh, you're going to swallow, put it down. No, 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 no. They need love and touch, caressing. Okay? You got to nurture. You have to nurture your spirit. You have to feed your spirit good things. You have to stay away from things that don't feed your spirit. If it's an eyesore and God don't look at it, then you don't look at it. If God don't listen to it, then you don't listen to it. If it makes you uncomfortable, turn it off. Leave the area. Ask them to turn it off. If it's in your house, you rule your house. You control what happens in your house, right? It does not happen automatically. We have a huge part to play in our development and the growth. The fruit of the Spirit is the outflow of abiding in Christ consistently over time. And that's what draws people to you. The love, the peace, the joy. You're not, you're not worried. You're just, you know, you're soft-spoken. You're strong. You're strong in a different way. But they want it. They want to know what it is. What is it different about you? The fruit of the Spirit is physical and spiritual is, and is a spiritual manifestation of a Christian's transformed life. Number five, the gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verses 1 through 12, uh, the whole chapter talks about it. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities of the Spirit, that I'm reading out the New Living Translation, so it will read differently than the King James. So, uh, dear brothers and sisters of brother, regarding questions about the special abilities of the Spirit, um, the, the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I do not want you to misunderstand this. That's what the word here means. You know that when you were still pagans or sinners, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. They worshiped a lot of gods and and everything else back then. So I, and you know, I still do now. <laughs> so I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God, see, it says the Spirit of God, not some other spirit. The Spirit of God will curse you. They will, you can't curse God if God is in you or if God is in that person. That's one way to judge the fruit of who's ministering to you. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit in them. Because he is in their spirit. And he bears witness with their spirit. There are different kinds, or the word different kinds also means various or diverse diversities of service. That means ministries. 
but we serve the same Lord. We, say, we serve the same Jesus. And this is talking about the body of Christ and the church. God works in different ways, a variety of ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. So we know that Father, Son, Holy Spirit are all three involved in the spiritual gifts and how they operate and function. Each one has a purpose or a part of it. But remember, God is three part B. He's still one God. So he's still directing everything. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Period. That's what a spiritual gift is for. It's not for you. It's to help others. And everyone has a spiritual gift. Do you know what yours is? If not, you should find out. Choose whatever you're good at. Whatever you love to do. Whatever comes easy. Sometimes you love doing something, but it makes it easy. It's, it's really not a gift that you should, should be happy. The nine spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, you can group them into three categories. The first group would be what we call revelatory gifts. They reveal something. Why? Holy Spirit wants to reveal something to you that you did not know. So it's information and knowledge you didn't know. Verse 8 describes the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. And then the third one. And all these groups, these three groups, these nine into three groups, just three times three is nine. The repertory gives word of wisdom, word of knowledge in verse 8. Then verse 10 is the discerning of spirits. And that one is the one that's the most confusing sometimes for most people. Because the discerning of spirits basically is your ability to determine what spirit is in operation. Is it a divine spirit? Is it an evil spirit? Or is it a human spirit? So there's three, three spirits that we're told that we are to understand and know about. Now, if we talk about the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, it's a word, the word of wisdom is something that you didn't know that's more going to occur in the future. It's like forth telling. The word of knowledge is something that has happened now, but you still don't know. But it also could be something that occurred in the past. So when a prophet or somebody prophesies, a lot of times the Gifts that are used during prophecy are these three gifts. When, when the word of utterance goes forth in prophecy. Okay, the second group. They're called the power gifts. Verse 9. The gift of faith, the gift of healings, and the gift of working of miracles. As you see under gifts of healings, that means there's various types of gifts of healings. Because some ministers will flow out of, uh, their anointing will be to lay hands on people that have cancer. And they, they, they heal, that's a, like a gifting or specialty they have. Because there's various gifts of healings. And then the same thing for miracles. Uh, one thing I learned early on in ministry that uh, deliverance is considered a miracle. Actually, someone being born again is considered a miracle. That's why we don't see them, but heaven rejoices like crazy with everyone that enters into the kingdom of God. Okay, the third group, the speaking gifts. This is in verse 10, the gift of prophecy, because see, I'm speaking prophecy, a word. The second one is the, uh, a different gift, or I'm uh, sorry, gift of different or diverse kinds of tongues. So there's tongues that go forth. And these diverse kinds of tongues are not your tongue or prayer language. They actually are someone's language that you're speaking. You can speak Spanish, but you never knew Spanish ever, ever, ever in your life. But in a meeting, somebody stands up and they start speaking Spanish. And they're speaking to whoever in the audience or congregation understands Spanish. And it's for them, and it's for society. God that he's real for them. And then you have the interpretation, the gift of interpretation of tongues. So someone can interpret what was said in tongues. Now that particular tongue, tongue, diverse tongues with interpretation, 
can sometimes sound like someone's prayer language, but you know that it's not. If you really are sensitive to the, the Holy Spirit, and we're all in one accord in the meeting, and the anointing is flowing, when you hear it, it just hits your spirit a certain way. You know, oh my, that's God speaking. Somebody's got to interpret that. And you just wait silently for somebody to interpret it. If no one in the congregation interprets it, the person that he gave it to, he'll give them the interpretation. And so tongues and interpretation of tongues equals prophecy. Because it's a prophetic utterance from God, from God's throne. Okay, so we're going to go down to verse 11. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all those nine gifts. Just one, one spirit. He wants us to know that. And we don't know nothing else about the spiritual realm. Know that God is the spirit that uh, is involved and controls everything. Even all the other spirits, the demonic spirits, all those other ones. He alone decides which gift each person should have. You can't tell yourself or tell God what you want. He chooses. Is that his will? And verse 12 says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up whole, one whole part or one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. The body of Christ is made up of these gifts. And if the body of Christ is not utilizing these gifts, these gifts are not flowing through the body, uh, it can hamper, hamper or hinder or retard the growth of the body or the body of Christ. So what is your gift? I ask already. Have you submitted it to God? For him to perfect it. For him to flow through it. For him to use you. To help build his kingdom. And glorify him. We glorify God in our gifts by being who he made us to be. And we accept it, which is sometimes very difficult. I didn't accept this. I mean, I did accept this. I didn't want to accept it. <laughs> but we, we run for a while for what sometimes God calls us to do. Because if it's too big for you to do and you know it's too big for you to do, that's when you really will you'll fly back. And, but that's how you know it's God, too. Because he's the only one that can do it through you. We need all the gifts in operation, as I mentioned, in order for the church to grow and to mature. I have six, seven, eight, nine. Transformation, sanctification. I don't know if I can get through all. He leads, guides, and directs us. Witness of the Spirit. And he is our helper, teacher, comforter, counselor, and intercessor. I can maybe finish up in 10 minutes if you want me to continue. Or we can do a part two some other time. What's the show? Show of hands. Continue. Continue. Amen. Sanctification transformation. Sanctification means, or sanctify means to set apart. You've been set apart for special use or purpose. That is to make holy or sacred. It is the state of being made holy as a vessel of honor full of the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit works in us through the word of God. He uses the power of scripture to convict us and influence our way of thinking. Another thing I did when I got baptized, I could not quit reading the word. I had no clue what I was reading. I was reading like it was food. I couldn't stop reading it. But it was for no, it was, you know, you know something was happening. It was not a thing. It was for no avail. It was for a purpose. The word feeds your spirit. It grows you. It develops you. It matures you. That's what brings about the transformation. He does this to shape us into godly people. He awakens us in a, in a way that previously we weren't. We had no interest in spiritual things. He brings that desire. He creates a desire to want more. To want more of him. To be curious. And this basically is him changing us into the image of Christ. And the scripture references I won't read about in you is 2 Corinthians 3.18. That's what we behold you behold yourself in a mirror. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8. 
Because they do. 
7 through 15. 7 through 15. And then Romans 8, verses 26 through 27. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit, the Spirit, Holy Spirit Himself, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He's putting up, he's speaking into our spirit, man. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So there's no way, amen, there's no way that we cannot miss the mark, or that we will miss the mark if we stay in Christ, if we are connected with Holy Spirit, and let him lead our lives, amen? Amen. Amen. So let us pray. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray and ask and decree that the fullness of the Holy